This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about kitchen poisons that are dangerous to your pets. We'll be right back after these messages. DGP is an all-natural formula proven to help aging pets with joint and mobility problems. It goes to work quickly, providing vital nutrients to the joints while reversing the effects of age. Some people see results in as little as seven days. Don't let your dog struggle another day. Call 800-521-0543 or visit dgpforpets.com and enter code ERVET, E-R-V-E-T, for 25% off your first order and free shipping. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining us today. I'm going to talk about kitchen poisons today. In other words, things that are in your kitchen that you eat all the time that are actually deadly to your dog or cat. So if you like to have your pets in the kitchen while you're cooking, this is really important that you pay attention. This is especially important because with some breaking news, we actually just discovered certain poisons are dangerous to dogs and cats. Take, for example, grapes, raisins, and certain types of currants. Now, grapes and raisins are from what we call the vitis species, and we didn't actually discover until 2001 that it was associated with causing acute kidney injury in dogs. This is ironic because I used to pill my childhood dog every single day of his life, his medication, prednisone, in a green grape, and he never had any issues with it. So it wasn't until 2001 when the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center and University of Illinois discovered that all types of grapes and raisins are poisonous. That means red grapes, green grapes, seedless grapes, seeded grapes. They found that grape juice, even oatmeal cookies with raisins or raisin bran, all of these could be potentially poisonous when a dog ingested it. Now, in the older study that came out in 2001, what the authors found was that if your dog got into a certain amount, they believed that there was a toxic dose. In other words, if your dog got into 0.7 ounces per kilogram or 0.11 ounces per kilogram of grapes and raisins, respectively, that your dog was going to have an issue. Well, that has been debunked. So I want you to be aware of that. There is no known poisonous dose. I'm going to say that again. There is no known poisonous dose when it comes to grapes and raisins. What we've discovered is that some dogs can have grapes and raisins and never have any poisoning at all, like my childhood dog. And there are some dogs that can ingest just a few ounces and go into severe kidney failure. Now, 
This is one of the reasons why if you ever see your dog eat anything or your cat eat anything poisonous, you always want to call your veterinarian, ER vet, or the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center right away. And the main reason why is because the sooner we find out your dog or cat got into it, there are some things we can do at home to try to help you induce vomiting to get that product out. Now, I've said this on previous episodes of ER Vet, there is nothing at home you cat owners can give to induce vomiting. There's nothing safe. You have to go straight to your veterinarian. With dogs, that's different. With dogs, sometimes we'll educate owners on how to use hydrogen peroxide, but I always tell people, when in doubt, call your veterinarian, your ER vet, or the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center to find out if it is appropriate and correct for you to induce vomiting. Now, when it comes to grapes and raisins, they don't even know what the poison is. There's a lot of different hypotheses out there, but as a toxicologist, I suspect it's a salicylate-like and aspirin-like chemical within the grapes and raisins. That's one of the reasons why drinking red wine is good for humans. Unfortunately, any common kitchen item that contains raisins like raisin bread, trail mix, chocolate-covered raisins, cereal with raisins, all these things pose a risk to your dog. We don't know about cats. It's never been reported, and that's probably because most cats aren't going to sit there and eat a large amount of grapes or raisins. They're very finicky in what they eat. Now, the good thing about grape and raisins is that when your dog eats them, they stay in the stomach for a really long time. Usually, if I'm having a pet owner induce vomiting, I usually don't have them vomit their pet after one hour of ingestion. So if your dog got into something at 3 p.m. and your dog comes into the clinic and it's 5 p.m., it's often too late to induce vomiting. However, grapes and raisins stay in the stomach for a really long time. So sometimes I'll still induce vomiting in dogs up to several hours out. The next part of treatment is giving one dose of activated charcoal. This is a black powder or liquid that veterinarians will use to bind up the poison from the stomach and intestinal tract. Please note, if you have activated charcoal tablets at home, this does not work. That's not strong enough. Most of the time, those tablets are used for colonic cleansing or for holistic reasons, but it's not medical grade. So you have to get to your veterinarian so we can make sure that we're administering activated charcoal. The next important part is that we want to monitor your dog for any signs of acute kidney injury. This is going to be signs of not eating, vomiting, diarrhea having abdominal pain, acting lethargic, having abnormal urination, like drinking too much or urinating too much or drinking too little or urinating too little, and general signs of lethargy. Now, if your dog has ingested a significant amount and we don't get a lot back when we, quote, pump the stomach or induce vomiting, your dog is going to need to be hospitalized. And I generally recommend hospitalization for 24 to 48 hours. It's really important to do this because what we're going to do is we're going to use aggressive IV fluids to flush out the kidneys while we also do daily blood work to make sure your dog doesn't have any evidence of kidney injury. If your dog's blood work is normal after one to two days, totally fine to go home. Just make sure that you keep grapes and raisins out of reach. The good thing is the prognosis is actually pretty good depending on when we induce vomiting depending on how your dog responds to therapy, and depending on if the kidney values get worse or not. When in doubt, get your veterinarian right away if your dog got into grapes or raisins, and make sure to keep these fruit out of reach.
The next kitchen poison I wanted to talk about, I've talked about in a previous episode. So you can always check back our other ER vet episode on xylitol. I'll briefly talk about this one, but thankfully most pet owners are aware that this sugar-free substance is actually really dangerous to dogs. For you cat owners, don't worry. This one's super safe to cats. It's not going to cause a poisoning issue, but it is, again, very dangerous to dogs. This is one of the reasons why I try to advocate not having any type of sugar-free gum in your house. Now, keep in mind, the other sugar sweeteners out there are totally safe. So if you use malitol or sorbitol, truvia, stevia, all these other different types are totally safe if your dog gets into it. However, if you see the letters XY in the ingredients, you want to call the ASPCA or your veterinarian immediately. And that's because even small amounts of xylitol can be really poisonous to your dog. Certain brands of gum like Orbit, Trident, Icebreakers, Juicy Chews, all have xylitol in there. And my little shortcut rule is if xylitol is listed within the first five ingredients on the pack of gum, it's going to be a poisoning issue. Unfortunately, when a dog eats xylitol, it causes severe hypoglycemia, which means the blood sugar drops to a life-threateningly low level. Whenever we see that a dog has ingested xylitol, we want to calculate whether or not a toxic dose has been ingested. What I start to worry about is when doses approach 0.1 grams per kilogram. Any dose above that is going to cause that really low blood sugar. At higher doses, five times that amount or greater than 0.5 grams per kg, we can actually see liver failure. Keep in mind that different brands have different amounts of xylitol. And that's why it's always worth calling the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center first. Yes, you should be aware there is a fee. It's a $65 fee to call, but that may actually save you from even having to go into the ER vet to begin with because they'll calculate whether or not it's poisonous and it might not be poisonous. Or they may teach you how to induce vomiting so you can avoid an ER visit to begin with. When in doubt, you always want to keep sugar-free gums, toothpaste, mints, mouthwash, baked goods, and any product containing xylitol out of reach of your dog. The one big warning I wanted to tell you about is unfortunately now xylitol is found in everything. It's in huge amounts in toothpaste, even children's toothpaste. It's in huge amounts in certain supplements that aren't even chewable. Melatonin oftentimes has really large amounts of xylitol in there. Certain types of chewable sugar-free multivitamins or prenatal vitamins may have large amounts. I once had a German Shepherd present to me in the emergency room because he went into liver failure from getting into seven muffins cooked with 100% xylitol. So we always want to make sure to keep xylitol out of reach. You've probably heard on the news that some brands of peanut butter actually have xylitol too. Thankfully, this is really rare and they're not very common brands of peanut butter. So if you're sticking to your typical Jif or Skippy, not a big deal, but when in doubt, you always want to double check, especially if you're buying different brands. The next food poison I wanted to talk about is caffeine. Caffeine is one of the few poisons that unfortunately can kill dogs really quickly. I personally, as an ER vet, have never seen caffeine toxicity in a cat, but this can be really dangerous to dogs. Now, even children have been affected by caffeine, and this is usually teenagers who are drinking or chugging caffeine-stimulant drinks, things like five-hour energy drinks or Red Bulls. We always want to keep these away from our pets, and that's because caffeine can result in fatalities. Yes, chocolate has tiny amounts of caffeine in there. I'm less worried about that. 
What I'm more worried about is if your dog gets into a pure source of caffeine, things like diet pills, herbal products, caffeine stimulant products like Nodos or Vibrin, caffeine stimulant drinks, or sources of caffeine in the bean form like coffee or chocolate covered espresso beans. Now with caffeine, we can see signs of agitation, dilated pupils, a racing heart rate, a really high blood pressure, tremors, and seizures. And we're going to see clinical signs pretty quickly. Just like if you drink a cup of coffee, you're going to be pretty awake within half an hour to an hour. Same thing with the dog. If they ingest it, we're going to see severe clinical signs within about 30 minutes to an hour. Unfortunately, this can result in fatality. So even if a big dog gets into one pack of caffeine stimulant tablets, this can be deadly. So you always want to make sure to get to a veterinarian right away. That leads me to chocolate. Now, every single holiday in North America is pretty much associated with chocolate. And thankfully, most pet owners know about the dangers of chocolate. I'm going to tell you that most people overhype this poisoning. I worry more about caffeine and about xylitol and some of these other unknown kitchen poisons. Thankfully, most owners, again, know about the dangers of chocolate. Chocolate contains methylxanthines, such as theobromine, and again, smaller amounts of caffeine. And in dogs, when ingested, it can result in stimulation of the heart, so a racing heart rate, an elevated blood pressure, vomiting, diarrhea, and in really rare cases, even tremors and seizures. So these are going to be more mild signs that we would see, just like with the caffeine poisoning. Thankfully, most owners know about the dangers, so they bring their dog in right away. And thankfully, we can usually induce vomiting to get that chocolate out of their system. In dogs that ingest massive amounts or toxic amounts, they do need to be hospitalized. And typically, hospitalization is going to include giving them activated charcoal to bind the poison from their intestinal tracts, sedation to lower the heart rate and blood pressure, and appropriate monitoring. And thankfully, most dogs and the rare cat do really well when they get into chocolate. However, keep in mind, there are different types of chocolate out there. Milk chocolate barely has any real chocolate in it. So even a big 70, 80 pound dog would need to eat over 100 pounds before it gets chocolate poisoning from white chocolate. However, that's totally different with baker's chocolate. The darker and the more bitter the chocolate, the more poisonous it is. And so it would only take a few ounces to be really poisonous to even that big dog. When in doubt, you can download the ASPCA Animal Poison Control app that's totally free. It looks like an orange paw print and that has a chocolate calculator in it. So you can calculate whether or not your dog got into a poisonous amount. Let's take a short break. We'll continue with this really cool topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Licker Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Licker Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Licker Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome 
welcome back to ER Vet. Today, we're talking about kitchen poisons that are really dangerous to your dog and potentially your cat. We've already talked about dangers like caffeine, grapes and raisins, even chocolate. I'm also going to talk about a few that are less common, but equally dangerous. The next one I wanted to talk about is moldy food. You're probably thinking, my dog, my cat would never eat moldy food. Well, if your dog likes to get into the garbage, this can pose a danger. And this is one of the reasons why I always advocate for keeping your kitchen garbage or any garbage locked behind a closet or in a drawer. If your dog ingests certain types of moldy food, especially moldy nuts or moldy cheese or even moldy pasta, they can contain what we call tremorgenic mycotoxins. And these mycotoxins can really interfere with your dog's central nervous system. In other words, it can result in really severe clinical signs such as tremors, seizures, walking drunk, being really hyperstimulated, and some gastrointestinal signs like vomiting and diarrhea. This is one of the reasons why I personally don't eat blue cheese because that blue cheese part is really the same exact tremorgenic mycotoxins. Thankfully, humans don't ingest large enough amounts to cause tremors and seizures. But again, if your dog gets into moldy food, it can result in pretty significant signs. Typically, we'll see clinical signs within a few minutes to hours, most of the time within two to four hours of ingestion. If you notice that your dog got into moldy food or the garbage, contact your veterinarian or go to your ER vet right away because sometimes we can induce vomiting or pump the stomach, what we call gastric lavage, to make sure we get that moldy food out of the stomach. We'll oftentimes give one dose of activated charcoal and we'll treat with muscle relaxants drugs like methocarbamol intravenously and anti-vomiting medication to treat the clinical signs. Thankfully, usually about 24 hours later, your dog should recover well, but when in doubt, you always want to keep moldy food out of reach. The next poison I wanted to talk about, it's not very common, but it can result in a very expensive ER vet visit, and that's unbaked bread dough. You're probably thinking, why would my dog eat unbaked bread dough? Well, as an ER vet, I see this poisoning most during the holidays, Easter and Christmas, and that's when everyone's baking. People don't notice that they're baking, it's crazy and busy in the kitchen, and their dog turned around, jumped on the counter, and grabbed one piece of bread dough. Well, this can be really dangerous because when that unbaked bread dough hits the warm, moist environment of your dog's stomach, it almost acts as an artificial oven. It's gonna cause the yeast to ferment and produce carbon dioxide and ethanol. This is life-threatening for two reasons. First of all, that gas, carbon dioxide, is gonna make your dog's stomach full of gas, and that can result in a gastric bloat, or worst case, a gastric dilatation volvulus, which can be life-threatening. The other danger that we worry about is that that alcohol can actually cause ethanol poisoning. The sugars are gonna be metabolized and converted by the yeast into alcohol. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of dogs come in really drunk and really ataxic, which means walking drunk, and almost comatose from getting into unbaked bread dough. So if your dog got into unbaked bread dough, make sure to get to your veterinarian right away. We do not induce vomiting if your dog is already showing signs of alcohol poisoning because it's too dangerous to induce vomiting. We don't want your dog to develop secondary pneumonia from aspirating that vomit. So sometimes we'll actually put them under anesthesia and pump their stomach. In rare cases, if that unbaked bread dough doesn't come out when we pump the stomach, rare cases need to go to surgery. So 
you always want to make sure to keep unbaked bread dough out of reach so your dog doesn't get stomach bloat or alcohol poisoning. The last two poisons I wanted to talk about are less common, but one is really overhyped, and that's foods from the allium species. In other words, onions, garlic, and chives. Years ago, I was letting my dog lick my bowl and have some leftover beef stew when my husband runs across the room and screams, it's got onions in it. And of course, he knows I'm a veterinarian and I'm a toxicologist. And I told him, don't worry about it. Most of the time with allium species, it has to be chronic ingestion or massive ingestion to result in an issue. The reason why we worry about onions, garlic, and chives, especially if they're dried or powdered, is because it can result in anemia. This is going to be an issue more in cats than in dogs. And that's because cats have abnormal hemoglobin. They have abnormal red blood cells that make them more likely to get anemic if they're exposed to onions or garlic. This is especially dangerous if an owner's using onion powder chronically in their cat's food to try to tempt them to eat. Likewise, certain Japanese breeds like the Akita or Shiba Inu also have abnormal red blood cells, and this can also predispose them to onion, garlic, or chive poisoning. Unfortunately, with this poisoning, it could take several days to weeks before we see signs of poisoning. And signs are typically lethargy, pale gums, a racing heart rate, gastrointestinal signs like vomiting or diarrhea, what we call a Heinz body anemia, where there are certain types of abnormalities under a microscope when we're looking at your dog's blood. And it can even result in abnormal colored urine. When in doubt, keep onions and garlic, even chives, out of reach. But thankfully, this is rarely an issue. Most of the time, dogs need to ingest greater than 0.5% of their body weight before it's going to cause an issue. So if you throw a big pound pack of rotten onions in the backyard into your compost, that can result in poisoning. So keep that out of reach. But thankfully, this one is a poisoning I rarely see. The last poison I wanted to talk about are macadamia nuts. Now, most nuts aren't poisonous. So if your dog eats a peanut, it eats an almond, it's not going to be a big deal. However, macadamia nuts are actually poisonous. Macadamia nuts are 80% oil and 4% sugar. And if you've ever been to Hawaii, you usually bring back chocolate-covered macadamia nuts. While we as toxicologists don't know how macadamia nuts directly poison your dog, they actually affect the nerves and the muscles. And if your dog ingests a certain amount, it can actually result in signs of not being able to walk, walking drunk, tremoring, or even gastrointestinal signs like vomiting and abdominal pain. If your dog gets into approximately one macadamia nut per kilogram weight, which is a pretty significant amount, we can see clinical signs. If your dog just got into it, I'm going to recommend that you go to your ER vet to induce vomiting. And typically, most dogs recover well with symptomatic supportive care, such as nursing, some IV fluids, and appropriate monitoring. So if you're going to Hawaii anytime soon, keep those macadamia nuts out of reach. When in doubt, when it comes to certain kitchen foods, make sure to keep those grapes, raisins, xylitol, caffeine, chocolate, unbaked bread dough, moldy foods, onions, garlic, chives, and even macadamia nuts out of reach of your dogs and rarely cats. Thankfully, most of these are rarely ingested by cats, but we still want to keep our cat owners and our cat pets out there safe. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. 
With that, we're out of time. And we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.